Thank you for tuning in today on Voyage Through the Bible with Billy G. Nolan, where his heart is to fortify and strengthen your relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoy this mini teaching, and if you need prayer, if you would like more information, or you simply want to join us as we voyage through the Bible, go to www.voyagethroughthebible.org. Voyage Through the Bible. We're going to be on a car ferry going from the lower peninsula of Michigan to the upper peninsula of Michigan. It's at the Mackinac Islands Straits. It's an area that is one of the narrows and the car ferries can go back and forth. This is a conversion of several lakes. Lake Michigan converges Lake Superior, and Lake Ontario. A little lower in the lower peninsula of Michigan, even Lake Erie it, it has a connection to all this. So what we have is the beginning of the story of the car ferry between Mackinac Island Straits, Upper Peninsula and Lower Peninsula of Michigan. We're going to have a survey of God's timetable from before the beginning of time till after time is no more. We have a plan to show you through the stories the many aspects of God dealing with the human race, past, present, right now, and the future. On a parallel with these stories, that we're telling you we'll be discussing the survey of the Christian life. As we go through all these stories, we'll be looking at the enabling power of God to save the worst and the best, causing his great power to be a part of each one of our lives. Before we begin this particular episode, I need to pray. I'm praying for your needs, your needs to walk further into maturity. There's launching points at many times in our Christian life. Christian life is not fluid. It's not like just a meandering stream there is waterfalls and rapids and many episodes in our life and we can treat each one with the power of the Holy Ghost as a launching point for our life. So in Jesus' name, walk into maturity. It's your moment of maturity. It's your moment to have a launching point as we begin this study. Poor in spirit. There's a need for God's grace and provision. Or we can have a negative counterpart, which would be de being destitute, no influence, no power, even being oppressed. In Psalms 34, 6, the poor man cried and the Lord heard him and he saved him out of his troubles. Psalms 9:18. But God will never forget the needy. The hope 
of the afflicted is never that will never perish. Again in Psalms, your people settled in, and from your bounty, God, you provide for the poor. Again in Psalm 72, 4, may he defend the afflicted among the people and save the children of the needy, and he will crush the oppressor. And again, I will bless her with abundant provision. Her poor will be satisfied with food. So this is on a natural level that we're talking at this point. In Psalms 107:41, he lifted the needy out of their afflictions and increased their families and their flocks. The poor are humbled, helpless, yet how things change when we can trust the Lord. Their poverty is introduced into the kingdom and we put the whole trust in the Lord and begin to obey. In my own life, my last name is Nolan, N-O-L-E-N. I'm told my ancestors were wealthy at one time until we were deposed and given a last name, which means poverty-stricken. I found the Lord. My poverty mentality was broken. And from that time on early in my life, I knew my resources were in heaven. And I would visualize a treasure chest. And when I asked the Lord for help, I saw him kick at the chest and coins would fall down. Enough out of the treasury would come to me to supply my need. That's a visual thought. It's a thought you can hang your hat on. That's an old saying, by the way. Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. It's not poor as a personality weakness. It's through asking. It's wholly tied up to the needs of others. It's a person who has a need for the Lord's grace and mercy in their lives in an extreme way. Your circumstances can weave extreme into your life. Use it to God's advantage. We all have a need for a Savior. The poverty is to the Lord. Seeing this poverty in your own life, as we begin to describe it, God looks at it as a treasure. This verse does not tell us how to be poor in spirit. We need to understand the Sermon on the Mount is a mount of blessing that only the Holy Ghost can reveal true spiritual poverty to each one of us. 2 Corinthians 6.10 Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich. Having nothing, and yet possessing everything. I knew a family in the city of Chicago. He's Eastern European, and she's Jewish. They're married. They have a large family. They live poor. 
purposely poor. They were the richest people I knew. Their children were gathered around them like a mother hen with their chickens. They were so close, their cupboards were full and empty, full and empty. They fed people around them. They took care of people. They took people into their homes without thought. They had a three-bedroom apartment, and it was always full of people who were needy. They elected to be poor, but they were the richest people I think I've ever met in my life. I would come near him, and the riches of God would seem to flow all over me in those casual meetings with him. Could that be a definition of poor in spirit? Not really thinking a lot of themselves, but thinking tremendously of others. Some points I'd like to make. I can't is the opposite of a world's attitude. It's seeing an honest picture of ourself when you recognize how poor you are and how rich the Lord is. You're getting there. It's coming close. One of the key words to be used is humility. Humility is a stream that runs through the whole Sermon on the Mount. Humility. Philippians 3, 1 through 14. We who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, but whatever were gained to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. For it is more not I considered everything loss of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of the resurrection. Participate in his suffering because, like him, in his death. Not that I've already obtained all these things, but I'm already pursuing them. It's an attitude towards sin. I want you to understand, in the ocean in the North Atlantic, there's this small iceberg that they see floating by. But they don't know the mountain structure underneath that small peak that's looking out. So for you to find your life defined as poor in spirit, attitude, you'll find yourself larger in your smallness than you've ever seen before. Being poor in spirit is a sense of object poverty, being destitute, a sense of helplessness. Psalms 9, 18, but God will never forget the needy, the hope of the afflicted is never, will never perish. Again in Psalms, my whole being will explain, who are like you, Lord? You rescue the poor from those too strong for them, the poor and the needy from those who rob them. The poor, 
in spirit, throw themselves into the position of trusting the Lord. I'd like to emphasize that this is learned attitude. This is the kingdom person. I have a statement to make. I am less, others are more, and the Lord is greater than all. The Lord is greater than all. The concept of being poor in spirit is huge. The poor in spirit are not joyless. They're joy-filled because they found the art of reaching the heart of God. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast from Billy on this episode of Voyage Through the Bible. This journey and its many adventures lead you into the mysteries of creation and man, not only to know the Bible, but to experience it and live it. If you would like to sow into this ministry and be a part of somebody else's journey as they learn about God, please visit our website, www.voyagethroughthebible.org.